Hello, welcome to another episode of Cryptozoo Podcast on Everything Disability. With me as usual is Ibi David and Tim. So Tim, what are we chatting about tonight? Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about discrimination and mainly discrimination during this COVID crisis. So, shall I kick us off in this conversation or has anyone got any other points they want to contribute about this, if they've experienced anything recently? Um, no, start us off and then we'll talk about our and uh, thank you for having us again on the show, Jonathan. Yeah, no, start us off, Tim. Yeah, right. So um, I guess the first point we should make about discrimination, especially during COVID, is some of you might have seen that Dylan Alcott was recently, uh, he called out the US Open on Twitter for canning the wheelchair tennis side of the event because I guess event organizers thought, oh, well, people with disabilities are high risk, high risk, so we shouldn't have the events. And although they also cut other events, it's, it goes deeper than that. It's discrimination based on preconceived notions about people with disabilities and their health. And I fear that might become an issue, not just in sports, but as a whole in society, we might have more issues with people discriminating because they wrongly believe that people with disabilities are at higher risk of carrying a sickness or being sick. And um, I guess those sort of backwards attitudes might be a, a problem for people with disabilities in society during this time. Look, people have got to understand this and I think it's going to be put out there. People who are disabled and have a disability are not sick. They are not sick. Being disabled and being sick are two completely different things. And people need to understand that. Yeah, yeah exactly. they have to. They have to understand that if they want to help, people with disability have a mind of their own. Ask, do you need help? And if they do say yes, then ask, how can I help you? And exactly, exactly. And, set, and, and, and don't break the 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 the, the safe distancing. Because that's all they do. They just yeah, people need they to... That's right, that's right. Exactly. Uh, people need to draw the line 
as to understanding the social moral of disability as opposed to the medical moral. So, um, does everyone understand what the medical moral as opposed to the social moral of disability is? Yeah. Yeah, I can provide a bit more background into that for everyone because my role, uh, I'm an occupational therapy student, so I have understood both models. But in the medical model, it focuses on, I guess, the biology side of things, like if you have a physical deformity or something stopping you from being able to complete a task, it focuses on that and doesn't focus on your abilities and what you can do. And in the social model, it focuses on what you can do and what, I guess, accommodations can be put in place in society through universal design or through providing a person with a piece of equipment that would let them participate unhindered. So, Thank you, I guess now we're, we're slowly shifting away from the medical model and slowly getting to the social model. However, we are getting there. So we're still stuck, um, people are still stuck on the medical model of disability. So how do we address that? Yeah, well, we really address that through education. Uh, I mean, my first introduction to the social model of disability in a formal way was at university. So it's good to see that the education is beginning with, I guess, the health professionals who work with us disabled people. And now they are using that model themselves. But it also needs to extend beyond that and education i always believe is at the key for everything for fixing society and in particular um, the negative attitudes that people face not just people with disabilities but all people it stems from education so i guess if we can teach the social model of disability through schools education programs and just i guess get that message out there because the medical model has been around for so long. It has been so ingrained in society and people's views, and we still see a lot of that today. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true, our team. And just one more thing we're on this subject. Um, I realise that labelling people with disability as disabled people. Um, that now we've got to. Yeah, I realize that it's not acceptable to call people disabled people, but rather mm. people with disabilities. Yeah, it, it depends on the person. Like, it's very much a thing that's still up for debate, I guess, if you want to call it the disabled community. Some people are comfortable with the model and some are not. Like, I guess some people use it as an identity and some people are uncomfortable with it. And I myself 
have days where I'm comfortable saying I'm a disabled person and sometimes I'm comfortable just being a person with a disability. It, I guess the view on disability can be fluid in yourself and society, but I believe the correct way to refer to people is person with disability and that's how we uh, refer to it in the medical side of things because you're putting the person first. But yes, if I do say disabled person, I don't mean it as a term of offence, it's just I kind of use the terms interchangeably when I'm not talking in a medical setting. Because for me, it can be a thing of identity if I'm feeling okay with it. But if not, I'll just say person with disability. But yeah, I think terminology, working that out in the community as a whole is another thing that we all need to address because that's how we are going to present ourselves to others in order to get our points across. So also just getting terminology right ourselves and then so people know how to refer to us. Now see, why, why we, we need to know what we're talking about so we don't stumble. Yeah. We kind of go off on and, 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 and be able to know what we're talking about before they ask a question that we can't answer. Yeah. yeah. But I guess like you said, it's more, it's more now about the education, educating people about, about what is acceptable and what is not. Yeah, because that's, I, that's why we do the chat, so people know. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of things are changing now. We don't have disabled toilets. We have now accessible toilets. So things are slowly, slowly are getting there. But like I said, we need we still need to educate, and we need to move away from the medical model and start going to the world the social model. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts, Jonathan? Here is the thing. Now, this is a personal story, but the whole reason why I started this charity was as a teenager I was sick of how disabled so persons with disability are perceived by younger kids as the person who walks finally, the person who talks finally, or them are seeking the 
parent am pointing what's wrong with him or her. So I did from my perspective while I don't enjoy discrimination, it has made me a stronger person to now I'm in a position to advocate for other people. And, and that's right, that's, uh, it's, that's correct. You've got to continue to advocate for things like this. Uh, everyone has a personal story. Uh, about yeah, they, 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 um, I guess uh, they feel like they were worthy. They feel like they belong, and it's because of that. The first thing that comes to mind is our mind is the disability that we have, and it should not be this way. We should uh, be in a more inclusive in society. We should uh, educate people, as we mentioned before. Uh, avoid the discrimination where necessary. Yeah. Um, David. Um, David. Is David with us? Are you with us? Yes. You know, you've had some uh, stories where people were discriminated against you. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Some people think um, some people think I'm faking it. Um, yeah. I do hold the microphone a bit. Closer. Your microphone a bit closer? Yeah, yeah that's good. Go so, on. you know, people think uh, that you're faking, eh? Yeah. So, what do you tell them? Sometimes the best thing is just to ignore them. Yeah. But if you ignore them, they're gonna come back at you. No, but see, once you start creating conflict, yep. then they're gonna come back also, still. Yeah, that, that's a good point you raise. If you're like facing discrimination, you have to read how the person is interacting with you. If they're saying it in an aggressive manner, in a passive, like, offhanded comment manner, because how you respond could get you hurt. For instance, if someone says aggressively to you, 
oh god i hate people like you because they see you out wearing a mask and you're in a wheelchair or something and you respond oh i hate people like you too or something what's stopping them from swinging around and smashing them in the face so like if you put yourself in a dangerous situation by saying the wrong thing that's something you have to be careful of so sometimes it's best to ignore people and sometimes it's safe to say something back but be careful with what you say because you don't want to get hurt because you can be at more risk of getting hurt because of the situations we're in yeah yeah, yeah because especially when i can't see him and i can't see coming to me but at the end a lot of people tell me that um, i'm faking it because they think i can see and those that think that i can see are scared because i'm not a small bloke yeah you know, like sort of i guess you could call it invisible or not as visible disabilities because people can't really see evidence of your disability so they'll question you on it and try bully you for it yeah. or be a pain in your ass about it really and, and uh and the best way to, to tackle it i reckon i tell them thank you just because i look better than you doesn't mean i haven't got a disability i'm not blind Yeah, there's many ways to go about it, but... There's ways um, of just answering them back, but... They, there's ways that they can't come back from. Yeah, I know, I agree with what Tim is saying. You've got to read the person before yeah. you take it to the next step. Um, The next action that you take will... Will depend will um will either cost you or yeah you you'll be able to move on with life. So it's important to read read, you read gotta, the person you gotta, you gotta read the situation. Yeah, and I guess that sort of leads to the next point from there. If someone makes an offhand comment or something offensive towards you, is how do you cope with that? also mentally not just coping with the situation by providing a, a comment or ignoring them but if you find it gets to you what ways are there that you can make it so you're you're not being distressed by the situation like you could talk with friends about it like if you have other friends with disabilities even just sharing that experience can make it a lot easier to process but i would Step back and say, what do you do in that moment? Is there a way you can react to make it a teachable moment for the person discriminating against you. I mean, yeah, you, you can turn it into a teachable moment, but it, it goes back to, I guess, reading the person prior, like their manner, whether they're doing the thing in an angry tone or whether it's not intentional but like 
I guess you have to read the situation first and in making it a teachable moment. It can be a difficult thing. For instance, you might not have the energy that day to explain to someone that, oh, for, for instance, just because I'm in a wheelchair, it doesn't mean I'm sick or have COVID or I'm at risk to myself or someone else. So, I mean, some days you might have the energy to say that to people who say that to you, and some days you might not, and you might just ignore it. So it, it can be a very fluid thing. And don't get upset with yourself if some days you do have the energy to call people out and teach them why they shouldn't have those attitudes or beliefs. But, yeah, it, it's a very fluid thing and it changes from day to day and person to person. But yeah, my recommendation is read the person before you try respond. And also uh, some people think that because you you are in a wheelchair and that you are a person with a disability, you are a high risk getting COVID-19. Um, that's not the situation in most cases. Being disabled does not mean you're sick. You know, I've mentioned that before. So what I understand, from my understanding, people that are at risk of getting COVID-19 or at a greater risk of getting the COVID are people who are senior, and people have uh, immuno, low immunity. Nothing about disability. Yeah, also like people's line of work puts them in more risk. For instance, nurses and stuff are at much higher risk than the general public. And even they face discrimination. They're not disabled. And in, in this um, crisis, people have gone out their way to be terrible to frontline health workers and, you know, hurt them, attack them, yell slurs at them. Just, you see some really odd behaviour during this time. Pandemics bring out the worst in people. Yeah, true. So especially during this time, I reckon being, like playing it safe is probably the best method. If someone says something to you, ignore it or brush it off. Use it as a teachable moment if you deem it safe to. But, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It all comes back to the teacher and the education. Yeah, it's it's all good. Um, yeah, so what, what, what happens if you do get discriminated against? Yeah, well, if you do feel discrimination, my suggestions are, depending how long the discrimination is, is going for like the event for instance uh i i don't really think this would happen but this is a very out there scenario say a shop owner won't let you into their store because they think you're high risk or something that's when you could i guess get your phone out and record the situation and then uh, you could potentially report that business for being discriminatory uh when yeah, it's yeah, yeah. people individually being discriminatory that's when it gets a bit difficult well, that's where you can choose to either ignore it or use it as a teachable moment. I've, I've had a situation where I was walking into a news agency and I was using a, a mobile phone as a 
as a GPS. Yep. The guy told me off. He goes, she does uh, the video cameras. This was video camera. Yeah, so what happened after that, David? I walked out. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I did go back, but when he wasn't there. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I mainly didn't go there anymore. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, on the situation. That's when you take the necessary action. Yeah, it's it. It's, it's good to know that we don't live in, in a perfect world. Ideally, we are, are discriminated against uh, on a daily basis. And so you just, gotta, you just gotta move on with your life and just continue to educate. Just continue to be positive. You shouldn't let anyone uh, bring you down. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, there's always an alternative. So if you are discriminated against, you could choose another means of, you know, going to that shop or uh, going to another shop, sorry, or just uh, hanging around a different crowd. But yeah, yeah it's, it's good to be positive. And another thing you could do if you are discriminated against is you can actually go to the Human Rights Commission. Like if you have, can confirm you were discriminated against on the basis of your disability, you can make a complaint and then they'll investigate it and hopefully brings about change that way. Yeah. yeah. I can share from my it's in life. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm a director of Physical Disability Australia. And it is a lot of advocacy work which leads to me being invited to various consultations. So one day I was invited to a consultation with, and here's the funny part, the Australian Human Rights Commission. And I don't drive 
and I didn't want my parents to drive me to the venue. So on the way there, I got a taxi and the taxi driver went out of his way and walked me from the taxi to the room. But after the Constitution, I booked the taxi and the first cab of the rank refused to take me because I was unaccompanied by a caregiver. So my point is within a day you can experience the most inclusive experience or the worst forms of discrimination. It doesn't matter your position, but keep your chin up because the more we talk about it and the more importantly complain about it, the more we achieve systemic change. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry you had to go through that, Jonathan. But like I said, we, we all face discrimination on a daily basis. It's just that how we respond to it keeps us going. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah. So... Any last word of advice you want to give to the audience on how to avoid discrimination? Can you repeat that again? Sorry. Oh, sorry. So, any last words of advice on how to like avoid 
discrimination or how to keep yourself, you know, positive when you do face discrimination. Yeah, I, I guess keeping positive is all you can really do about it, but don't feel bad if you can't feel positive about it because some days, you know, it's just harder than others. But what you can do is talk about it with friends, uh, complain, of course, if you can to change the situation. Like, for example, if you get discriminated against by a company, taxi, shops, anything like that where you can, uh, I guess, advocate for change, do so. And in society, we advocate for change through getting the message out there. And you can do that by not so much complaining, but making people aware of what happens to you because many able-bodied people don't know what it's like to be disabled. They don't know what discrimination we face on a daily basis. And when we bring that to light, people become educated about it. They become more self-aware and they'll learn to not only stop that behavior themselves, but to call it out and educate other people. So knowledge is the best skill. Yeah, go on. Knowledge is the best skill. Yeah, exactly. If they don't do something wrong, then then they're going to continue doing it. Yeah. Once they know it's wrong what they do, then they won't do it. But if any normal human being has got a conscience, and their conscience won't let them do it. Do what they uh, do. Do that. Yeah. So I guess the final point is, if it's safe to do so, use awkward moments or moments of discrimination as teachable moments to help people understand what they're doing wrong and to not do it again. Yeah. If if yeah. if anyone gives me sort of a word, I'll like sometimes I just tell them, "Blood bless you." And then they they, yeah. they, 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 they don't talk no more. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting them with good words. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But in saying that, in saying that, you got to always keep a positive mindset and always have that someone you can talk to, you can, I guess, discuss things with them. Don't always keep it inside, bottled inside. No, no, that's the worst thing you can do. That is the worst thing. You'll get depressed and you'll have no one to talk to. And it's no good. It's no good for your health and for your, your it's mental health. It's not good for your health either. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, always keep a positive mindset. Yeah. I remember there's always. Peer support and advocacy group Sometimes sharing your experience is the first step to changing it for the other person who may face it in the future. 
Google. Okay. You will be watching Cryptos. You weekly podcast on everything disability. Remember, please share, like, and subscribe to help us grow. And if you have a suggestion about what we should talk about, you know, don't be shy, Facebook and YouTube created comments for a reason, so suggest a topic now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye